Hello, football fans, and welcome to a UEFA Euro knockout round preview. Before I introduce the special guests all the way from England, please subscribe, like, comment, share, tweet, or whatever to the uh, Spunky Spectrum Sports YouTube page. We've hopefully got a lot of other content coming, whether it be football, golf, or in this case, football. So. Uh, Joining us from uh, England is uh, my friend, uh, soccer betting expert, Charlie Mullen. Charlie, uh, how much fun have you enjoyed watching the Euros? Ellen, I have to say I've really, really enjoyed this tournament. It's been one of the best tournaments in recent memory. Um, I include the World Cup in that as well. Um, certainly we're seeing more goals in this European Championships than we did in the last one. I think it was 69 goals five years ago in the group stages. We're already up to 94 in the group stages this year. So a massive increase, 35% increase in goals. So long may that continue. Um, I'm just about over the, the, uh, the drama of yesterday and the conclusion of Group F, which just basically blew my mind. I was just thinking, like, yesterday alone provided plenty of drama because I think there was, like, a Euros scoring record. How many goals were scored yesterday? 18 in one day, the most ever. <laughs> yeah, and the ending of Group F, which uh, France somehow won. Germany, I, I don't know how Germany advanced because it seemed like they were dead at home against Hungary. I mean, when... Half would score the header, I'm like, Germany would be fine. And then literally two minutes later, Hungary scored. And I'm like, what? What? And then, of course, yeah. Ronaldo becoming the joint top men's international score with two penalties. Yep. I like the way you say that Havertz scored that header. I think it was more a case of the ball falling on Havertz's head and going in the back of the net from two inches out. But, you know, I'll let you off with your Chelsea allegiances there. Hey, you scored a Champions League winner. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Yep, yep. But, um, no, yesterday's Group F conclusion was just absolutely crazy. Um, I made a note of how many times the... Positions changed in that group throughout both matches and nine times the, the standings changed and ironically we ended up the way the group started before the um, the final two games kicked off so um, a phenomenal night of football absolutely incredible and um, we spoke about it earlier we have to feel sorry for Hungary who were six minutes away from qualifying for the uh, round of 16 but there's a small part of me that is glad that they didn't make it through because I like to see the good teams, Dylan, make it through to the final stages of a tournament. Uh, you know, I'm talking about your Italy's, England, Germany, France, Spain, Holland, or the Netherlands, as they're called. So I like to see those nations contest the quarterfinals and the semifinals and the final. Yeah. I don't know about you, you've got a soft spot for Hungary, haven't you? <laughs> No, I mean, just seeing that atmosphere in Budapest showed me something. I mean, if that France-Hungary game had been played anywhere else in Europe, France would have blown Hungary off the pitch. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and just on that, if the Germany-Hungary game had have played in Budapest, um, yeah, Hungary would definitely have won because the, the crowd were phenomenal um, in the first two matches. 
So, um, yeah, no, it's a shame. But um, what stood out for you so far in the tournament? Uh, be honest, there were a couple of things. One, is Italy's back. I don't know what it is, but this Italy team looks like the uh, side that dominated the world in, in 2006. Roberto Mancini's got that. Zoli blew filing on all cylinders, not true. It was Group A, not necessarily the toughest competition. Of course, Italy played all three games in Rome, but the Italians were flying. It didn't matter who played, what formation they used. Italy just kept flying. Yeah, no, they have. They've been really good to watch. And, um, yeah, Roberto Mancini, how good does he look in those, like, Italian suits that he wears on the sideline? They're a very stylish team on and off the pitch, aren't they? Yeah, yeah the hair, the suit, I mean. <laughs> yeah. What else? What else has stood out for you? Uh, you, you, made, you, made a, you made a prediction, didn't you? Just sticking with um, our Italian friends. You made a prediction before we started this podcast, didn't you? Uh, I'll me- I'll mention that later, but uh, okay. good news for, for Italy. I've got your back. But uh, another one, where the heck have Spain and Germany been in the group stage? I mean, good Lord. I thought, I mean, I thought Spain would have rolled through Group E. Yeah, they should have. Um, It just shows you how much they rely on their captain, Busquets. Obviously, he missed the first two games, which they struggled with. He came back yesterday and they won 5-0. I'm not saying it's all down to him, but having somebody of experience like that who has been through the good times when they won the um, back-to-back Euros and the World Cup in the middle. He has that sort of calming influence, I think, in the squad. And um, now that he's passed his COVID um, problems, issues, then I think, you know, Spain, he he can do a lot for Spain. And um, if they are to go anywhere, he will have a big part to play. Um, As for Germany, I, I don't know. I don't know what to make of them. Um, I think it's now six games in a row that they have failed to keep a clean sheet. Playing at home to Hungary last night, they should have won that game easily. No disrespect to Hungary. But, um, yeah, this was a game that really Germany, after beating Portugal 4-2, this was a chance for them to go out and show that they are back. But they've left more questions to answer rather than sending a statement to the rest of the teams contesting the, um, the title this, this summer. So, yeah, I'm not sure that um, Germany will go very far. Having said that, though, if there is one game that can get them back on track, it will be their next game at Wembley against England uh, in a fixture that holds very good memories for them. In 1996, they won the Euros at Wembley, beating England in the semi finals. Um, so yeah, it holds good memories for uh, Germany, but but they're going to have to smarten themselves up defensively if they are to um, if they are to beat England and uh, go far in this competition. Yeah, speaking of uh, speaking of odds, uh, let's take a look at some odds right now. If you look at odds, I've I've got the uh, DraftKings sports sports book. Uh, by the way. Uh, for anybody, please uh, bet responsibly. So, uh, France would be the winner, the uh, odds maker's favorite at a plus 420, with Italy in second, England in third. And yet, despite a lackluster group stage, Germany 
plus 700, Spain at plus 850. The real head scratcher is uh, Belgium at plus 950. Uh, Mm -hmm. Did the bookies forget Belgium won all three group games? And not only that, but how good do they look now that Kevin De Bruyne is back in midfield pulling the strings? Bingo! Um, uh, it's, it's just unbelievable how one person can make such a difference to one team. Um, we talked about um, Busquets a few moments ago with Spain, but Kevin De Bruyne just basically grabbed that Belgian team by the scruff of the neck and says, right, this isn't good enough. We need to perform better. And he's done that. And again, if Belgium are to do anything in this competition and make a mockery of those odds that you've just quoted from DraftKings, then Kevin De Bruyne will be um, a player to watch. Um, he could certainly, definitely be the player of the tournament. Um, there's a few contestant, few candidates for that accolade, um, but certainly Kevin De Bruyne is, is up there, I think. Another one that um, I'm not sure if you mentioned their odds there, Dylan, but um, the Netherlands. Um, again, they also came through their group stage without dropping a point. What odds are they? Plus 900. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, they're not a bad shot either because, um, you know, again, where have they been in the last decade or so? I know they missed a few tournaments, the World Cup and the European Championships, but um, they're clicking very well. And um, when Alden in midfield... Um, he, he's on Memphis Depay as well. They're the two star performers in that team, and they've been great to watch so far. Again, it wasn't the most difficult of groups to get out of, but they did it. And um, the more momentum they gain, um, the harder they will be to stop. And against the Czech Republic, I can see Holland winning that game. Sorry, the Netherlands winning that game quite comfortably. Yeah, I just wonder maybe whether the absence of Virgil van Dijk will hurt the Dutch. Maybe not against Czech Republic, but later they played of France and Belgium and England. Well, yeah, they, they're due to meet the winners of Belgium-Portugal in the quarterfinals if they do beat the Czech Republic. So, yeah, they will be tested defensively there. Yeah, um, you either you either get Lukaku, Hassan and De Bruyne or Cristiano Ronaldo. Exactly, exactly. So, yeah. Choose your weapon carefully. Choose your poison, as they say. But, yeah, um, it's a difficult group, that side of the draw, isn't it? Um, Holland, Czech Republic. Um, certainly the teams that stand out for me on that side of the draw are Belgium, Portugal, Netherlands and Italy. Um, the other side of the draw, slightly easier, I think. I don't know how you feel, but I think France have a comfortable route through the knockout stages. Would you agree with that? At least until the semis, and then all bets are off. Oh, right. Okay. Mm, fighting talk there. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, have you a reason for this? Well, when France played at the 2018 World Cup, I saw a spring football in France. Like, it didn't matter what formation they used. France, France could just dominate the midfield. And I don't know if we've seen... France dominate the midfield like we've seen. I think, to be honest, I think Paul Pogba's probably been France's best player. Yeah. But yeah. But Mbappe, Griezmann, and Benzema have been a little inconsistent. Out to Benzema scored twice last night, but Mbappe and Griezmann haven't necessarily gotten going, which might be a bad, which might be a bad thing for the opposition. Because if those guys get going, look out. Oh, 
And they also have your friend Olivier Giroud to bring off the bench as well. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Header himself. <laughs> yep. Uh -huh. He didn't score in the last World Cup, but um, he did score in the in the um, in the warm-up games for France. So yeah, I think he's got a big part to play for France going forward. So, uh, which uh, what what team would you not what team would you not take with those odds of winning the Euros right now? Um, are you asking me who's not going to win? No, I mean, what, what, what team would you not lay any, any money on right now to win with those odds? Um, well, go through the odds again. Uh, France plus 420, Italy plus 600, England plus 650, Germany plus 700. Yeah. Spain plus 850, Holland, the Dutch at nine plus 900, Belgium plus 950, and Portugal plus, plus 1200. Yeah, I think Italy, 600 plus 600, was it? Yes. Yeah, I think, I think they're worth a, a dollar or two, as you would say, in America. Um, England, I, I don't know whether I can trust them or not to... Um, to bet any of my pounds over here on them, but defensively they are looking very good. And they, I watch a lot of American sport, and one of the most used phrases in American sport, the NFL, is defenses win championships. Isn't that right, Dylan? Uh, yeah. So, so if England can continue to keep clean sheets, which you know they're one of two teams not to have conceded a goal in the uh, tournament so far. If they can continue that, then they could go far. And if England could get by Germany, then you're looking at a potential rematch with Sweden in the quarterfinals from yep. the last World Cup. Yes, so, and I think they would, I think England would favor themselves to beat either Sweden or Ukraine in the quarterfinals. Yep. Uh, so now we get to the now we get to the fun part round of sixteen. So uh, what game? So what games stand out to you? Because on Saturday Wales will face Denmark, Italy, or Austria. Sunday, the Netherlands, Czech Republic, Belgium, Portugal. Monday, Croatia, Spain, France, and Switzerland. And Tuesday with uh, England, Germany, Sweden, Ukraine. What games? Bring your attention. Right away, you've got to go to Belgium, Portugal, don't you? Mm. Um, that's certainly the standout tie. Um, obviously, in this country where I am living, uh, England, um, England against Germany is obviously another standout fixture. And the hype building up to that game will be like the Super Bowl. It'll just go through the roof and hopefully it can live up to the, the expectations of everybody. But um, certainly Belgium, Portugal, that's the game that I'm looking forward to. Two very good teams. I've enjoyed watching Belgium. But as we said, Kevin De Bruyne is back. Uh, Romelu Lukaku's in with the show. Well, actually, Romelu Lukaku and Cristiano Ronaldo, probably the two favourites to win the Golden Boot Award. Although it's heavily stacked in Ronaldo's favour with five goals to um, Lukaku's three. But um, yeah, that could be the game of the, uh, the round of 16 from me. What about you? What stands out for you? Obviously, Belgium, Portugal. I mean, the question is, 
with Portugal, can they defend? Because we know Portugal can create a lot of path. I mean, Ronaldo, Ronaldo seems like he's just getting better right now, man. But he's, I mean, age is just a number for him. Every time I look at it, he's scoring goals, whether it be for Juve or Portugal. Yeah, but three of the five goals have been penalties. True. So if Belgium, so if Belgium commit three handballs in the box and roll back three penalties, it wouldn't matter, right? Right, exactly. I'm going to contradict myself now, but I was very impressed with Ronaldo's goal, um, where he defended it in the defended a corner and sprinted downfield and um, scored. I'm trying to think who that was against, and I think it was Germany, wasn't it? Germany yeah. in the previous previous game before last night. Yeah, so that's he can score other goals rather than just penalties. So I'll give him credit for that. Um, that was a very very good goal. What has been the goal of the tournament for you, Dylan? Uh, probably, uh, probably the goal from like sorry, Scotland, but probably the goal from like over mid, like beyond the midfield line. Yeah, from Patrick Schick. From the Czech Republic, yes, that's that's certainly in my top three. But um, I think that I'll have to go for uh, Manuel Locatelli's um, first goal against Switzerland when he played the ball out to the right wing, first touch, brilliant pass, followed play superbly into the box, six yards out, simple tap in. Again, it's kind of like Ronaldo's goal against Germany, but um, his pass to set the to create the chance. Certainly, it was was something to be desired, and I think for me that's my goal of the tournament so far. But certainly, Ronaldo's against Germany and Patrick Schick's against Scotland. Sorry, Scotland, but yeah, they're definitely the three best goals so far. I think the uh, I think the intriguing thing about England and Germany on Tuesday will be one which side wins in Wembley because both sides have got great memories. Of course, England won there in nineteen sixty six. Germany won there in 96. <laughs> I think England's best case might be avoid a penalty shootout. Yes, certainly. Although they did win a, a shootout at the last World Cup, so they might be a little bit more confident of taking penalties in a shootout than they were before. Um, but there's a song that um, is sung at all England games. Um, three lines on their chest. I don't know if you've heard it. Um, when they first released it, it was... 30 years of hurt since they'd last won a tournament. Well, it's now 55 years of hurt since 1966. So, will they end that song this year? I don't think so. It might be 56 years by the time the World Cup rolls around next year, but you never know. You never know. It's a whole new tournament now, Dylan, isn't it? The knockout stages where we've got through the... England didn't look very impressive in the group stage, but... First and foremost, you've got to get through the group stage, no matter how you do it. You don't have to play your best football. Just get the points on the board, qualify, reboot, and go again. Yeah, can, yeah, can England get Harry Kane going right now? Because... He'll come good. He, he will come good. He will. Whether it's a penalty that gets him off the, off the mark, I don't know. But he will not end this tournament without scoring a goal. Famous last words. <laughs> I've got a question. Would Jordan Sanchez score uh, start against Germany Tuesday night? He will know a lot of the German players, which 
can work for and also work against England. Um, he hasn't featured so far, which makes me think that he may not get a, a start against the Germans. Um, I would keep the squad pretty much as it was um, for their last game. Um, I felt sorry for Tyrone Mings being dropped for Harry Maguire, and that's an interesting decision, but I guess Gareth Southgate will probably go with um, Harry Maguire because of his experience and leadership qualities. But I don't think Tyrone Mings did anything wrong <clears throat> to lose his place in the team. I can understand why Southgate made that decision, but I thought it was harsh. Yeah, to be honest, I thought Mings played well. I mean, everyone is criticizing England's back four, but I think Stones, Mings, and Pickford have been fine. Yeah, they have. Pickford's played well. He's made some very good saves throughout the tournament. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it was good to see Jack Grealish get his first start of the tournament. Uh, England, England should be playing Jack Grealish the rest of the bleeping tournament. Well, yeah, I mean, I can't believe that um, Gareth Southgate didn't keep Jack Grealish on the pitch for the last 15 minutes of the Scotland game, uh, as well as Phil Foden as well. I thought both players should have finished that game and been told to run directly at the Scottish defenders in the box, get a penalty, win the game, and that will stop the booze at the end of the match. Simple as. But for some reason, Gareth Southgate got very conservative and um, defensive-minded. For you know, he used to be a good defender in his career. <laughs> but I think that was a missed opportunity. But they qualified, so he lives to fight another day. Yeah. Do you think, if anything, do you see anyone making any changes for that Germany game? Because I was shocked that Saka started Latin two nights ago, but. Yeah, I was. I was, but he played brilliantly. So um, I don't see him dropping out of the team. Um, Mason Mount, he can't play because of COVID. Or actually, he, he, he may be able back. to. He may be able to, but will he be fit enough? He won't have trained with the players, which when you're talking about set pieces, both in defence and attack, you need to be on the training pitch on, you know, to, to understand his role in that. So maybe he will miss out and wait until the next game. Hopefully there will be a next game for England. But um, yeah, I think I would keep the same team that started the last game. Yeah, it'd be interesting because Saka could literally play anywhere. I mean, I've seen him play left back, right back, winger. I think he played wing back. Here's an interesting thing. Germany's played that, what, three, like a 3-4-3 or 3-4-2-1. It's almost looked like a Chelsea Thomas Tocco formation. Could there be – maybe England could play the same team, but maybe – it's more of a 3-4-2-1 or 3-4-3, like what England played at the last World Cup. Yeah, I think whoever does play, and you mentioned Saka there, um, I think players like that need to get the ball into the box to Harry Kane a lot more. And by doing that, we'll stop Harry Kane from dropping deeper, which he has done a lot for Tottenham this season. And he's starting to do it now for England too. England can't afford for Harry Kane to drop back into his own half to get the ball and continue moves upfield. He has to be the focal point in the England attack. And the more chances that he is presented with, the sooner he will end his goal drought. And I expect him to, to score uh, against Germany because let's face it, the way they defended against Hungary, 
Yeah. Two, 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 two very poor goals, two headers, which I felt should have been dealt with a lot better than what they were. But yeah, it's be, honest, to... be honest, what's happened with Matt Tumble's defensively because he's lost all his pace. Yeah, well, yeah, he didn't have much, I don't think, um, in the first place. But, um, yeah, he was brought back, wasn't he, for this tournament um, in, in the last few months. Yeah, it's not been a great tournament for him, has it? He scored that on goal to give um, France. France France the win in their opening game. So, yeah, I think Jack Grealish, Phil Foden, Bakari Saka, Bill Raheem Sterling, um, they'll they'll tear Germany apart. They should do anyway, and it's going to be a very interesting battle to unfold to watch unfold. So ultimately, which two teams will meet on July 11th for the Euros final, and who wins? Well, I think it could well be um, an Italy Germany final. Ooh, you really think Germany could beat England in one league? Yeah, possibly. Um, once they get past the knockout stage, then you never know. You never know. Boy, how about this for Germany? You've potentially beat one of your biggest rivals in England, and then potentially in the semis, I think... Germany could face uh, the Dutch. Can you imagine that rivalry? And that rivalry. I know, I know. It would be good, good, wouldn't it? As long as it's not a replay of 1990, I'm okay with it. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Where uh, they were red cards spinning, not much action. No, there wasn't, was there? There yeah. wasn't. Yeah, so you've got Italy and Germany meeting at July 11th. Uh, I think it'll be Italy and England meeting in the final. And uh, who you've got winning, Italy, I'm guessing? Yeah, I'm going for Italy to win it, yeah. Why the Italians? Well, defensively, they've always been very strong. And they've started scoring a few goals now themselves. So, um, yeah, I think... They've got a good manager and a good squad, uh, and everything seems to be in place for them to um, to finally win a tournament for first time in a while. I think it'd be inter- I think it'd be interesting if the Italians went from missing the World Cup to winning the European Championships. But you know what? You know what my heart is. I really think this is England's year. I know you would. I know you would love Germany winning. But the fact that games played at Wembley with more crowd will be, I think, will be better for England. I think Harry Kane will get out of his funk right now. I think of Sterling. And you mentioned Jack Relich. If Gareth Southgate starts Jack Relich, look out, because I'm not sure anybody can stop him. No. No, that's true. He's looking good, isn't he? And plus, he'll probably draw at least one, if not two penalties. Because exactly, Willis is just, what the most fouled player in the Premier League. He, yes, he was. Yes, he certainly was. The last two seasons, he's done that. Yeah. 
So I think it'll be England's tournament. I mean, playing six games and one league. I think Italy would make it a really fun game, but I think England would have enough, particularly at one league, to just see going to win. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. But, uh, why? But uh, it's weird. Neither of us picked France. Why is that? I don't know. I don't know. It's uh, it's a tricky one, isn't it? Um, given up on we've given up on Kieran and Bappe and company too soon. Well, maybe, maybe not. He has to um, show us what he has, and um, we'll, we'll we'll see how he goes from there. But um, yeah, you never know. You never know with the French. They can sort of turn it on and off. Um, they've been unlucky. They've hit the, the woodwork three times so far in the tournament, so they could I think, have I more think goals. England could say the same because it seemed like they fit the post three or four times. They have. That, that is true. By the way, did you see Robert Lewandowski but, um, hit the post twice in one movie yesterday? Holy I did. I did. Yep. Now, how unfortunate has he been? Yeah, can I can I get yeah. can I bring Thomas Muller and uh, who's the other winger Kingsley Coleman? Make me a Joshua Kimmich on my Poland team. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, Charlie, thanks for hopping on. I can't wait to see the knockout round and. Uh, what should we be looking for in the knockout round? Goals, excitement, a little bit of everything? Well, a bit of everything. I think when you get to the knockout stage, you start to see teams becoming more cautious now. As soon as they get a 1-0 lead, they become very defensive. So I wouldn't expect as many goals as we have seen so far in this tournament. But you never know. You never know. Uh, what, who, what player will impact the knockout rounds the most? I'm going for KDB to be my MVP. Mm. Well, yeah, if Belgium would want an advanced, the Man City stall would need to be good. Uh, uh, be honest. What about I, you? Uh, it's funny, neither of us picked France, and yet I'm going to pick a French player. But not the one you're thinking of. You're going for Kante? Mm, no, I'm going to... No, I'm going to pick Antoine Griezmann. I think if, for, I think if the French wanted to survive, Griezmann needs to be more... needs to be like he was at the last years where literally nobody could stop him. Mm -hmm. no, stop him. I think if Griezmann can get going, it'll make France really good because then you've got those little one twos with Griezmann, Benzema, and Mbappe. Then France would look mighty fun. Maybe that, yeah, no, he has. He's, he's looked good so far, but yeah, he just needs to score a few more goals. But yeah, no, that's a good shot. It's a very good shot, I think. And plus, the French have been this fall. They've won a Euro. They've won a World Cup. They've been to the to the Euro Five. They've got the experience. Yeah. These other teams, they've never been this deep in the tournament outside of what Portugal. I mean, true, England made the World Cup semi-final, but last time England played in a major final, uh, 
what was what, it's 1966? I mean, correct. Do you remember a time where Belgium played in a made in a major tournament final? No, no, uh, it's been too long. It's been too long. Uh, Holland, well, they played in the 2010 World Cup final, 2014 semi. Final, but how many of those guys are still playing? Not many, if any. So I think experience will matter. Oh, definitely. Definitely. So uh, thanks for hopping on, and uh, I can't wait. My pleasure. My pleasure, Dylan.